Okay, um, today we're talking about fish, <coughs> and um, th the most obvious issue um, to think about fish is to make sure that the fish is actually from a kosher species. Um, we don't consider the names of fish to be uh, enough, enough of a way to figure out that a fish is kosher. Um, first of all, because some people use the same name for more than one fish, um, and there's a lot of fraud in, in the fish market, in the fish market. Um, so the fact that they told you it's this fish, Labdafka doesn't mean that's this fish. Um, and really the only way to know that a fish is kosher is one, the one and only way is to uh, try to pull off a scale and one of the scales on the side of the fish. And if it's there and it comes off without ripping the skin, <clears throat> then you have a kosher fish. And if when you pull it off, it rips the skin, <clears throat> or if you pull it off, or there is no scale at all, then it's not a kosher fish. That's the one and only way to know that fish is kosher. Um, there's one exception. There's one exception to that, um, which is salmon, where we say that the flesh color is so unique that it's a way to identify that this is the kosher species. There's another fish called steelhead trout. It's, it's almost the same. It's, just, it's related to salmon. But we say, in practice, and commercially, um, the only fish that has that color is salmon. It has to do with the way it stores vitamin A. Um... Um, and therefore that's a way to tell. Otherwise, <clears throat> the only way to know the fish is kosher is to see, have a scale and pull it off. If it comes off of that rip, it's really easy. I, I, I wanted to bring one in here today, but I didn't. Um, it's really easy to see. You do it one time and you'll know it's easy without ripping. If it doesn't rip the flesh, it's kosher. Okay, now, that's all <clears throat> what I just said to you is when you're when me and you go to the store and we buy a piece of fish, that we have to check to make sure that it has scales. Um, I mean, I got, if it has hashkacha, then the hashkacha is making sure that it has scales. Same thing. Um... On on morning, um, from, okay. Um, commercially, uh, uh, commercially, um, there's a machlekes. There's difference of opinion whether there's other ways to know that a fish is kosher. Um, and specifically, um, some people say that uh, Chazal required there's a special takonis chacham that a yid see every single fish to make sure that it's kosher, like the way I just described. Um, let me, I should have mentioned that also, is that once you know that the fish is kosher, uh, if I know this fish is kosher and I can recognize what it looks like, then I can look at the next one also. Which is when, they, when they're sitting in a factory making sure that the fish are kosher, they don't pull a scale off every single one. That's just to know that if I have a piece of fish in front of me, I have to pull off a scale to know it's kosher. If I'm, if I'm looking at a thousand fish and I know what they look like and I can recognize that this one is the kosher one, that one's not, then that's obviously that's good enough also. Um, so some people hold that Hazar specifically required uh, a yid to be there to make sure that um, <clears throat> every fish is kosher. And others say, no, this regular Chazal said you have to be careful, and there are regular rules, and the rule that's important over here is in Umar Lamar Nafsheh, if we know that the company has special reasons why they don't, why they specifically want certain fish, then that's good enough, and we don't have to have a person checking every single fish. Um, seriously, follows that position. Um, and the most uh, famous example of that is tuna fish. Uh, whereas the more we call them the Hamish brands, we'll make sure that there's a, a person there all the time. Um, and they don't want to rely on them or And the, the more uh, national brands, most of the national brands who say the food is kosher is because they don't, they just, they, they know that the company has uh, business interests to make sure that they're using only kosher fish, to use only this specific species of fish, and therefore that's what they're saying. Now, that, that this musag that you could do umulam or only assumes that you went to the company and you really understand the, the kishkas of how the company works and why they have some special business interest to make sure that they only use this kind of fish. And therefore we could say, he would only put in this kind of fish into there. 
But that doesn't, even that only works if you know the, the, the way the company operates. But to, to, if I walk into the store and I see a package and it says on it a, a type of fish on it, I have no way of evaluating whether that company, whether Umal or Anafshi applies or doesn't apply. So it doesn't help me, the consumer, or Mashkirch in a restaurant, to say, oh, it came in in a box that said this thing. I could be for sure that's what it is. That, that I can't say. So how do you know exactly like, well, how do you make it? I mean, most products, like let's just things that don't need to have sugar, right? So, buy, buy sugar. I don't know. It's fine. We say, maybe it's not sugar. Maybe I put in something else. We don't do no investigations. We, we, we saw it. We saw it. We got, the product is labeled a certain way. It's going to be that product. You're not, you're not starting with a darais or like fish. You're much more... I don't know. Maybe put in, maybe put in trade fish. So, so, so the answer is... <laughs> to the sugar. No, wait, wait. So, that's the answer. Is, no. That's crazy. Like, no. Right? The, the, an- the, answer, do that, the answer is it depends if there's a real chashash. So, let's say in, in, in the halachas of Stam uh, it says if you have choshesh that other uh, juices will be mixed, they put grape juice instead of other juices, then you have to be choshesh. If not, you know, no reason to be choshesh. Why should I think the guy put in something else instead of apple juice into there? And in Hilchas Pesach it says um, there was a chashash. They would put in flour into they would they would dilute sugar with flour. I guess the sugar the flour was cheaper, so you couldn't buy sugar without hashgachah for Pesach in those days because people would put flour into it. So it depends on what's a chashash. Today, we don't think there's a, no one's going to put flour instead of sugar, so we don't have such a chashash. And in fish, there is such a chashash. In fish, people do substitute one for the other one. So, so we, we can't... Is that really true? Is that really, is that really the chashash? Yeah, that? yeah, yeah. People, that, that's if I like, canned the, uh, I don't know, kippers or whatever kind of fish or whatever it's called. So, so, uh, okay, so it, it depends on the level of the company. But I'm saying if you walk into the store and they have a package that says, this is tilapia... Maybe it is tilapia, maybe it's not tilapia. You know, not after that. You, you know, again, unless you understood enough about the company. If you, when you go to, to uh, Bumblebee. I, I, I don't find this by anything else. It's a package of noodles. I never heard of it. Everybody says it's noodles. The question is, what, uh, so what's the, what's, uh, what, how much is noodles? Group one, two, three, I'm saying. There's a lot of fraud. The question, it depends on the, how much chashash is. So for, fi- for fish, yes, there's a, a chashash that people are playing around and putting other fish in. Um, because most people can't tell for life of them what one fish from the other one. Maybe not the lobby, but the higher ends. Um, okay, so now the the one of the ways that companies came up with to make fish without hashgacha that people should be able to buy. This is not for consumers. This is for like like commercially. Is they put a skin tag onto it. And what what's this idea of a skin tag? This is done for kosher. That's why they do it. Uh, but it's it's very available. But it's done for kosher. The idea of a skin tag is is that we fillet the fish. They took full those skin, so there's no scales to see. But we leave a little patch of skin on, on one end of the, of the fillet, and that way you could see that it's that it's still kosher. Okay, that's the idea. Okay, but 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 the the what we have to appear in mind is that skin tags don't mean the skin the fish is kosher. Skin tag means is now you have a way to see scales, and you can pull up the scales from the skin tag. Just having a skin tag doesn't mean anything. Uh, tray fish also have skin. Doesn't mean anything to have a skin tag. The skin tag only means something if you can then look at it, and then that will prove to you that this is a kosher fish. Okay, it's got a scale on. Right? I'm saying just having a skin tag, if you just say, oh, it has a skin tag, it doesn't mean anything. The skin tag is not the proof. Skin tag is just the opportunity to see scales on it, even though the rest of the skin is going to be good. And what? On each, on each fillet. Right. On each piece that you get, right, comes up 100%. Correct. Okay. Now, another thing that relates to the inherent status of a fish, so to speak, before we move on to other parts, is, so to speak, is um, that about uh, in 2010, there was a a debate about whether um, the Anasakis worms that are found in fish make the fish trafe. Not, not exactly, but inherent, inherent style, but in, for my grouping it is. Um, uh, so th- those are found in all kinds of fish. Many, I'm sorry, many types of fish. The, the most broad example that there is is wild salmon has it. It's in wild salmon. Um, some, the, 
some place uh, to all thought that it was also most of the American Ashkachas followed what it says in Shulchan Aruch and in Peidal uh, that it says seems to say straightforward that it's Mutter. Um, it was a big to do. It's not for today. We talked about it in Hilchas Um but that was a big to do. That's another thing that has to do with sort of speak with the inherent status of whether the fish are kosher or not. It's not really inherent, but so to speak. Okay, let's move on next to processed fish. Okay, so in, in, in raw fish, in raw fish, there are actually some questions that can come up with raw fish in the processing. And we, once we decide that it's a kosher species, um, two that come to mind, two simple things that are not common is one is, um, no, let's go wherever fishman came, um, is that um, some people coat raw fish with corn syrup, or, or so we believe, with corn syrup, um, which is a to keep the moisture in, which is a, a Pesach concern. Okay, whatever. Uh, and the other is is that there are people who I don't I don't know how many does anymore, but there was such a con- there was an issue where people were injecting fish protein into fish fillets in order to make the fish have a higher protein content, mapetone, because this way they could serve it in nursing homes. They had a requirement to serve the residents a certain amount of protein every day. So instead of serving the meat, this is a way of serving them juiced up fish, which was cheaper. Okay. And, and the, so the protein came, the way they got more fish protein to stick into it was all on the scraps in the factory. They would put them in. So you had to make sure they put kosher protein into kosher fish, not trade protein into kosher fish. Okay. Um, not, not so common. Okay. But the, the most common issue we have that people have with raw fish is the knives. Okay. Which is to say, is you walk into the fish store and the guy cuts your knife and, he has, and the knife is dirty from a tray fish that he cut a minute ago, then you have an issue of, uh, of the end getting stuck onto your, onto your fish. Okay, so the, the, the best choice, of course, what we always think, what do, we, what, what do you expect to hear from me? The best to go to a kosher fish store, right, because then he knows he only has kosher fish. Okay, if you can't do that, if you, you don't, if that's not available, um, then you can ask the guy to cut, clean off his knife and put down a fresh piece of paper before he cuts your fish. Okay, that's, that's it. And also, okay. If not, then what you can do is you'll, if you get the fish already cut, you'll uh, wash it off and scrub it off uh, the surfaces where the cut would have been. Any place where the cuts would have been, you give it a scrub on the on the water, and that would be enough. Okay? Especially dirty boards, and you got to do it all around. Uh, you have to then for that you just rinse it off. Okay. The the the, the problem is the duchel sakin on the side. Um, for the, what's on the bottom, you just rinse it off. Be also okay. Okay. Now all of this is only when, when you're buying a piece of fish. You walk into the fish and say, "Hi, could you cut me that piece over there?" Okay. When when it's made commercially, when they, they we assume that they cut a thousand pieces of fish at a time. He didn't cut you one piece at a time. He cut a thousand pieces of white fish at a time. So then um, you don't have to worry about nice, no no meaningful concern that this band left on. Okay. Now. Uh, related to this in processed fish, is this is now for cooked fish. Anything that's cooked or pickled with hyena, you have concern with kalim. Okay, you have to know what, who knows what else they made onto there. Uh, what all the fish were processed, were cooked or smoked or pickled or chmes, whatever they had to do with it. Um, so you need hashkacha to make sure that the kalim were kosher. Okay, now, and, and just I'll just mention in passing that sometimes the fish is a little different than other things, which is it's not just hot processing that needs kashering. In many cases, even the cold processing also needs cashing. And that is because um, fish is put into brine, okay, put into this heavy salt solution, which makes kvisha happen very quickly in 6 to 18 minutes. It's called Kadesh Yama Eish and very quickly. So all of a sudden, the kale needs to be hot kashered, even though it was only cold processed. There wasn't any heat involved, okay? But even so, it only got kashering um, because of the, the tear, the, the, the brine that's, that's there, um, so it's different than other things. If you made something else, I don't know if you 
put something that's cold, you would need hot kashering. Here you would potentially need hot kashering, a hot kashering, even if the the thing was not hot itself. The process, the food is not hot. Okay. Now, uh, our next thing is, a big issue, we were waiting for me to say this, about fish is a uh, soil. Okay? That means that we, we already... What? I'm not talking about I'm not talking about roe. Nothing to say about roe. Um, <laughs> not not nothing to anything else. Not to anything else. Um, okay. So, okay. You so you could go for it. What do you want to say about roe? Okay. Okay. I have to think about it. You tell me what I have to say about roe. Um, okay. The there's different colors and there's different sizes. So you're saying is it in, in you could determine you could if you know enough about fish roe to say is that I can figure out by looking at it I know which species it is. Right. Well, that that was the same question as beforehand. Whether you need hashkacha right, tines for all fish, thing. that was the same as other fish product. And if you think that you could determine them, okay, I guess you could. Um, there's, there's one case basically it brings of a certain red color. You could know based on that that it's from a kosher fish. Otherwise, we assume no. We have no way of knowing. We look at a piece of roe, you know. Unless you're a world expert that knows all the role in the world to know that this size or shape is okay, you know. Okay. Uh, well, uh, that's a problem for our company, but you're on video, so we'll talk afterwards. <laughs> Maybe we, we looked at the Yeah, that's why we do it. It's because of Umlamar and Afshay. Yeah, but it's the rice. Don't you need a little bit more than one? I mean, it's just as the rice as the flesh no, of the fish, is it? I understand that. Most factories that do these type of rows do they do do trade fish. It's, That's it's correct. Process much later. So, so it's 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 that it's umlamarsha means is that when he puts into the package tuna fish, we know he's putting in tuna fish or roe from a kosher fish, that's what he's putting in. Tomorrow he makes he makes cat food, we, then he puts other things into there. But we know when he makes this thing, he he, he would be it's important for his uh, the way he runs his business that he should do it like that. Why well, talking is is that concept, say Umla Maranashi, not a steer to the Indian of Simonum. Simonum says, Allah of Simonum says, you got a piece of meat. The guy says, it's, right, why is it not? No, because in, in when Simonum, also the din is, we only have to be choshish, he'll change it, he'll have a reason. We, we think about whether does have a person have a reason to switch one thing for the other. If he has no reason to switch it, then we don't have need a simon at all. Zero. Here it's the opposite. It's not even that he has no reason to switch it. He has a dafka reason to keep, to put the, the right thing in there. For, if he sent pizza and he has no reason to, to switch one for the other, you wouldn't need any similar at all. Um, here it's even more. He doesn't have just not a reason. He has specifically a reason why into, he wants to make sure that what goes into the can is tuna, or what goes into the fish, the, the can of roe, is that specific type of, of roe. Um, I just was, was somewhere where they served actually black caviar, and it was, it was fake. Fake black caviar. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't even fish, it was agar agar. Okay, well, I mean, but ca- the black caviar would be trafe, so there they were trying to tra- f- substitute something right. cheaper for the... You know, well, you know, I was a chef, and he just impressed everyone with the of black caviar, and I asked him, well, well, you know, agar, agar. Okay. Okay, anyhow, so on to Bishri on to Bishri Um which is, the, 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 we, the simple rule is, Bishri Yisrael means that it has to be part of the cooking if something is Eulah Shochem and not Nechachai, and fish seems to meet those criteria. Um, you know, you don't, not Nechachai, we'll talk about that in a second, and it's Eulah Shochem so seemingly it needs Bishri Yisrael. <coughs> okay, so Pasha says that, yes, when you make a piece of fish, <coughs> it needs to be Bishri Yisrael. Okay, so now let's talk about some exceptions to that rule. Okay, so the first is, 
that you only have to do Bishri Yisrael when you cook a food. If you make, like you make lox, uh, which is just putting the fish into brine, then you don't have to have Bishri Yisrael. Bishri Yisrael is only for things that are cooked. Um, the, the, within, then there's, that's one thing, like you could brine fish, like to make lox. Then there's smoking fish. Um, so the simplest kind of smoking, the, the more traditional type of smoking is what's called cold smoking, which is you smolder wood and it creates smoke. Um, the smoke is not particularly hot, maybe 80, 90 degrees, not particularly hot. Um, and it gets the fish to become edible. Uh, and that does not need fish oil. No, for sure that doesn't need fish oil. Um, the, the, what happens, but if there are other people, a newer way of doing it is called hot smoking fish. And that is the, the smoke that comes out is not cold. The smoke is very hot. Okay, it's hotter. So there, it's a question. Is that the same thing? Is that Ishun? Does that doesn't need to be Bishri Yisrael? Or do you say, no, that's, that's cooking. Okay, because there's heat involved. It's not a fire, but it's... The question is, the Ramah says, the Ramah describes this thing. He says, you only have to ask if... You only need Bishri Yisrael when you use fire. Well, this is not fire. This is hot smoke coming. Okay, that's a machlok. This whether it does or doesn't. Um, excuse me, we're going to get back to this in a minute. And the question is whether that hot smoking is mutter or not, or not also. Is that including the heter of Ishun? Okay. Now, what happened was, then, like, well, 30 years ago, companies realized that they could do hot smoking faster. They could, they could do hot, make hot smoked fish, get that taste of hot smoked fish, without the amount of time it takes to make the hot smoked fish. And that is what they did is, basically, into the smoker that they were doing, they put in electric oils. Um, so they, 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 it was hot smoke. Not those are not a sentence. It was now two things. It was hot and smoke, but it wasn't hot smoke. You know, the smoke that was there was giving a certain ambience and a certain f- element of flavor to it. But the etzim, the fish was getting cooked because of the heat. Okay, so there was heat in the oven. So now, of course, that needs bishri yisrael because if you have heat, then that's just a good old fire. The fact that the smoke also wouldn't make a difference. Okay, so that was going to be a potential issue. <clears throat> All of a sudden, these places would need bishri yisrael, which would be very difficult to pull off bishri yisrael for these places. Um, so Rabbi Zwicker from the OU at that time took care of fish companies and he came up with an einfall that before they before you had smoke you before you do any of the smoking you brine it first he, like I mentioned before about the locks you put it into salt water and it sits there for a while so he came up with a chap and he said to them guys how about if instead of brining it for let's say a half an hour how about if you brine it for two hours do a longer brining and the longer brining makes the fish more edible then you'll have to do less smoking <clears throat> so it'll save time so people, the companies tried it out. The companies tried it out, and it worked really well. They were really happy about it. And for the, for us, the good news for us was it meant is if you brine it to the point that it's edible, now the food is already edible. So then it's now, so to speak, nechalchai. Then the fact that you cooked it afterwards, he made no difference. Okay. So not only did it help us, the, he convinced the companies that this was good for their way of making fish oil. So it became. Oh, like almost a standard in how you make hot smoked fish is you brine it for a long time first and then you smoke do the hot smoking afterwards. And the brining that brining makes it edible. Edible. Just, just edible. Like it edible. Make, it doesn't make it fully edible. Maybe correct. It, uh, That's correct. And but but it, but it means is but but I'm saying this, cool, even, though, even, yes, even though this is mutter, even though it's mutter, it needs someone to taste it. You can't just say, oh, they did a brining and it's good enough. Someone has to actually taste it. We had a company who was doing that. I don't think they exist anymore. Uh, and we had to taste it. You had to taste yeah, the fit. So it's, it's I guess you went to a company, it wasn't edible. Okay. It, so it, dep- it depends on the situation. You know, a- so, you really, so how do you define, right? Because it's a little bit tricky to define Ben Brousseau. It's something like the amount of time, the amount of, something like how do you, so how do you do we did. That's not how they did it. The matter was putting came out. Is this passably edible? Could you eat this, this if you were stuck? If you were stuck, would you be able okay. to eat this food? Um, and and in the case in the company we used to deal with here, 
It was, and they were besaders. They brined it for long enough, and that was, you know, okay. So the the um, now uh, another it, it most people assume that uh, tuna steaks are oil shulchan Okay, tuna steaks are if you don't know, it's just they cut like literally cut slices of, of tuna from the whole fish, and build oil shulchan and they need bishul as well. Okay, they're they're a fine food to eat. Okay, there's two reasons why canned tuna <coughs> is assumed canned tuna does not need bishul as well, uh, and both of them have to do with the way canned tuna is processed. Okay, the first is that before you put tuna into and, and before you put tuna into the can, they cook, they steam the the fish whole. Okay, I'm, I'm, I think they cut them first, but the whole fish are steamed in, in this chamber. They put them into a chamber, like a room like this size. They put in a thousand, uh, 500 pieces of fish, and then they um, just steam them. Okay, so the first is that some people say, <clears throat> I said to you beforehand about hot smoking, that some people say hot smoking is not considered age. And they say hot steaming is not considered age either. Okay, now hot steaming is a step over hot smoking. And hot smoke, it's the smoke that came from a fire that was, you know, smoldering on, on some coals. Here it's steam that uh, heat, a fire that caused water to boil that created steam. Okay, it's a step even above. And there are people who say, but well, even that would be considered. They say that's also not considered um, to be bishul. It's considered a smoking, and that's also motor. That's one tzad to be making to matter. Okay, a, a second, if you could say, better reason to be making is honestly the first one is very. There's a whole kind of we'll talk about the first question. The second one is more has more basis to it, and that is that uh, tuna steaks are oil shulchan that's because they're broiled, but cooked tuna, tuna, tuna cooked in water, cooked in steam, is not olah Okay, It doesn't make a, a, a food that's so uh, <clears throat> pleasant and exciting to eat. Okay, so assume, so the, the assumption therefore is that since the, the form that you cooked it, again, before it was in the can, this is before the can, <clears throat> the way you cooked it is a way that wouldn't be olah cooked cooked food. Imagine cooking, putting a piece of fish into a pot and cooking like that. It wouldn't be a shochem Therefore, it doesn't need to be bishri so. Some people disagree, because they say, well, once there's a way to make tuna or any food uh, or the then no matter how you prepare it, it needs, uh, needs bishri so. Most assume not. Yeah. Okay, so this is, this is the stronger reason that it shouldn't need bishri so. Okay, but both of these things that I said to you have to do with the way you prepare tuna, which is you cook them in steam first before you put them into the can. Uh, other fish, like salmon, are not done like that. They just cooked in the can. So then, whether they need bishri soil is a separate question. Okay, but I'm saying tuna has this particular thing. Okay, um, so isn't the factory using the main factory? That that's a that's an air like zero of like, but that's not a, a, a sort of thing. Ico reason, if I could say that. You know. Okay, now <clears throat> most, um, I I told you beforehand that in determining the species, most hash, America, most national hashkachas in America don't require hashkacha to meet this. The, the people who do require hashkacha to meet this. Um, those people, once they're doing hashkacha to me, this will invariably make a bishri soul also, either because they hold in din it has to be bishri soul, they don't agree with what I said before, or they say, come on, the guy's staying there anyhow, Mashiach's staying there anyhow, why not have him do something to make it bishri soul? Okay, so what happens is um, the, the packages will say on them bishri soul, but the bishri soul is, is the less important, so to speak, thing. Uh, it's understood that when it says bishri soul, it means it's bishri soul and Mashiach Tamidi. Okay, it doesn't usually say, it doesn't always say Mashiach Tamidi. But the word Bishri Yisrael, when I say, when people say I only want Bishri Yisrael tuna, they probably mean is I really, I, I want Hashkacha to me this tuna. And the Bishri Yisrael is just sort of like thrown in on the side, you know? But the, of the two things, there's stronger basis for thinking you need Hashkacha to me this than you need Bishri Yisrael. That's the truth. There's a stronger basis for that. Um, I'm not saying you do. I'm saying there's a stronger basis for that. Okay. In the market, there's, there's like, besides tuna fish, we're, 
you notice, you know, it's like this about the Yisrael and about, uh, you know, Shachatmid is identifying the fish, the sardines, this kipper, there's all another anchovies, and there's another kind of fish certified by the OU and certified by National Ashkapas. I did exactly the same. Everything. The same. No, no, it's not the same because let, let's take sardines. Okay, in sardines. Um, there, there are lots of people who think it does not need bushy salt. Another example I should have thought of that of a food that it's obvious that this is a sardine. Um, that the way they're in the can, it's for sure that it's a sardine, and that you could skin on it anymore. And that you could recognize it. Well, oh, whatever. There's all kinds of reasons. People who think that sardines don't need doesn't have a problem of knowing that it's a species. Okay, you could be confident that you're getting this species. You don't need hashkachot this for. Okay, and the bishri saw also sardines and alishah chamlachim. So we're, we're safe from from they, they get at it from both sides. They say sardines are not alishah chamlachim. The dogum katanim shochanach literally says that that not alishah chamlachim, but it has nothing to do with shochanach. It has to do with the practice. Nobody would serve sardines at shochanachim. No, uh, it doesn't depend what they did five hundred years ago. It depends today. Nobody would serve so, it. So the ashkafas that would otherwise ashkafat meat isn't done. Correct, correct. And for sardines, even though it's interesting, because the the, the gemara this talks about about chilek. The Gemara, with this possibility that you maybe need, that maybe takanos chacham that you need fish, that you need a person, a yitzi every fish, is actually talking about tiny fish. That's what it's talking about. I don't know if it's talking about sardines specifically. I don't know. I don't know what chilik is, but uh, but chilik is a little fish. And that's what it says. That you know, it was hard to tell when little fish, when big fish come, it's easy to tell which was the kosher one. And little fish is hard to know. You can you can miss one. You know, so the the the, the tzad that that that's takanos chachamim. Is, is specifically for little fish, actually. But anyhow, uh, okay. <clears throat> so, but for each fish is its own thing. I mean, each, you have to think about each one by itself. This neat fresh That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm answering to your question. I can hear that a bucky fish can have a lot of, you know, all the fishes besides salmon, whatever you could. I, I, like I can tell. I don't need this. You know, I need. I don't need skin. No, I, no. For I mean, more, I, I don't need. I don't need. I don't need peel. Peel. peel right. Peel. No, no. If you look at them, but that's correct. You, if, if you had a, a expertise, but I, when I said about recognizing just by seeing, most people are just getting a fillet. They're not getting. It doesn't look like a whole fish anymore. So if you look at it, it doesn't mean anything. You know, Chaim Goldberg shows when he goes to talk to people about it. He would show them two fillets. Okay, which one is the kosher one? Okay, and you can't. You know, can't tell the difference. You can't tell. He maybe could tell the difference because <clears throat> he lives in fish. But everybody else, you wouldn't know the difference. They all look the same to you. You know, uh, fish is fish. You know what I mean? It all looks the same, give or take. You know. <clears throat> okay, so one one last issue to talk about for fishery soil before we move on is um, question of sushi. That some people said is well, since people eat raw fish and sushi, so now fish doesn't eat fishery soil anymore because uh, because it's all, it's nechachai. Because nowadays, if we eat it raw, so if, if things change and people start eating it raw, then we don't need bishes at all. So then we're good. We don't have to worry about it. Okay? That's, that was an argument. Okay? There are three reasons why that doesn't seem to be correct. Okay? The first is, <coughs> we only consider something to be nechachai when most of the people or many of the people in a country or a city would eat that food raw. Um, and it's true that lots of people eat sushi. At this point, probably, m- the bulk of the people here in Chicago eat sushi. Um, but there, most people... Um, <clears throat> but you have to know whether people, all those people want to eat sushi with raw fish. Like my kids won't touch sushi with raw fish. They eat sushi any time. They'd be happy to eat sushi with all kinds of things in it, but raw fish doesn't go. Okay, so well, the fact that people eat sushi doesn't mean that people eat, that the, there's enough people eating sushi with raw fish in it. Okay, that's a, that, that would be one thing to decide. Maybe yes, and maybe not. Okay. Second is, um, people who eat sushi with raw fish, um, almost nobody eats what's called sashimi, which is just plain old raw fish. Just take a bite out of it. Okay, There's such a thing, but almost nobody eats that. People eat it with something else. 
So Rabelsky would say is either they're just eating it because they, they like the tanginess that it adds this interesting component to the rest of the food that's in it. But then he wasn't convinced that was considered nechachai. Nechachai is, I would, would I eat it raw? No, I eat it. <coughs> he says, <coughs> he compared it to eating, <coughs> excuse me, the isn People put raw potatoes into salad. Okay, kacha, such a thing. He says, he says, does that mean potatoes are nechachai? He says, no, of course not. It's that while I'm eating, eating my salad, I get this unusual sensation of eating this crunchy, hard food that's like an interesting uh, mix to my food, but it's in the food is not nechachai. Uh, just <coughs> eating something else. Okay. And last is, last is that um, all fish is not fit to be put into sushi. Okay, There's something called sushi-grade fish. Like very, very fresh fish can be used in sushi. And maybe you can argue, if, if you don't agree with my first two points, that those fish is considered anechachai. Um, but the, the everyday fish that we buy in the store is not sushi grade. It's not good enough to be put into sushi. So um, this fish is not a, is not nechachai. Okay, so even even if you'll say you don't agree with my first point, but lachira the most fish is not sushi grade. It's literally that's what it's called sushi grade, and therefore um, therefore it wouldn't be sushi. Okay, our last topic is um, I'll try to be quick. Is about eating fish with meat. Okay, so. Um, the Gemara says that it's dangerous to eat, eat meat and fish together, or meat that was cooked together with fish, even if you're not eating both of them, even if they were cooked together. Um, it's assumed, the Gemara talks about a very specific fish, Benisa, about a specific fish. It's assumed that means applies to all fish, and that doesn't apply just to meat, it applies to poultry also. Okay, that's an assumption. Um, <clears throat> now, there's all kinds of dinim when we, about eating milk and meat together. So I'm just going to compare those to how eating meat and fish together. Okay, milk and meat is of course more serious than well different than eating milk and fish. Uh, so the place can talk about a bunch of examples. First of all, in there, there are a lot of situations when you can't eat meat on the same table as someone who's eating milk. Milk, okay, because of a chash that you might reach into the other guy's uh, bowl and eat some of his his food together. Okay, most assume that the ikar hadin is that there's no such issue with meat and fish. It's only for meat and milk. Meat, meat and milk. So, for example, according to that, technically, if you're having a kiddish and a kiddish and shul on Shabbos, and there's meat over here, there could be fish next to it. Or some people could be having both. Uh, anybody says it's an issue. What do you say? I don't think anybody calls it an issue. It's a question. But those are, those are machmer because they, they don't want it to, to actually the poil get mixed together. Okay, they're so, making their own little, you know. Uh, I, I don't I don't remember I don't remember anymore whether anybody actually says that. But like you said, the din is that it's mutter, but the minig is not. So people won't do that. Like you know. Eat, in your own house, you know what I mean? In your own house, if they're serving fish, they're not going to put the meat on the table either until they, they do it, okay? But uh, but in Din, it's but I don't remember if there's anybody who officially throws us that I don't remember. Okay, another thing is, um, we wait, um, after we eat meat, we wait six hours before we eat milk. There's no such thing. After eating meat, you can eat fish right away afterwards. The other way around, if you eat milk, you can't eat meat right away either, unless you do kinuach hadacha, you have to eat something um, parav and drink something parav and wash your hands off. Um, and there's a this question whether that applies to fish also. Um, the Machaber says that you do have to do it. <clears throat> the Ramah says you don't. Um, but the Minig is, I think the Ramah even mentioned himself, the Minig is to eat something and drink something to separate between them. And the Chachasan says um, you just have to drink something in between. Okay, just to separate between the fish and the, between meat and fish or the other way around. Okay. Um, the Isra of Bas Bukhalov, of meat and milk is only if you could taste them. Okay, if there's a tiny bit and it's bottle, um, then there's no isra bas bukhal. But, uh, okay, th- if it's bottle, then there's no isra bas bukhal. 
Um, the Taz says the Taz says um, that the that that's only true for Basel B'cholov because it's a matter of Isser, but the Chamir Sakantem Yisura and it's Asser even if it's Bottle. That's what the Taz says. And the Shach says, no, not true. He says, the only time we say Chamir Sakantem Yisura is if I know th- th- there's a chance that what I'm eating is Isser, then I have to be super careful, even more careful than I would have to be. What? Chance when I'm eating Sakana. No, if I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, yes, Sakana, I'm sorry. If I'm Chashash, I'm eating Sakana, I have to be super careful, even more than I have to be careful for, for eating an Isser. He says, but over here, if it's bottle, it's bottle. It's, it does, it does, it's not dangerous at all. Okay, and most of the place can go along with that. Not everybody. Most of the place can go along with what the shach says that if it's bottle, then it's mutti. Okay. Now, the the bit of Shishim, even by iser is only b'diavet. You now do a chachila. Okay. Uh, and the achron talk about whether is that is that a problem by sakana also by meat, mixing meat and fish together also. Is that also a problem with Bittu Zalachila? I mean, assuming you agree that bottle if it's bottle it would be allowed, there's no problem with Sakana. What happens if you do can you do it Lakhathila also? Um and for, for me and you that would mean is there such a thing called fish sauce. So if you want to put fish sauce into your meat, then you have to think about it this shaila is it mutter is it also. Okay? The the hashkachas <coughs> have have a different angle on that shaila and that is this famous Thing which I can't pronounce, and most people can't, or Shestershire sauce, something or other, <laughs> however you pronounce it, whatever you say it is. And that's a fit, a sauce, it's meant for meat. Okay, it's, it's a steak sauce, it's meant for putting on meat. And the, the traditional way to make it is with fish, anchovies. And what you do is, if you don't just put fish into it, you ferment the fish in a special way, and it gives this unusual taste, <clears throat> and then you make this sauce out of it. Um, so the fish in that case is not baltabashishim in the sauce. Okay, if you make it the right way, it's not baltabashishim in the sauce. Okay, so then you cannot use that sauce on, on your steak. Okay, it's not baltabashishim, you can't use it. <coughs> um, and in, in the people who make it that way with hashkacha, it's marked as being fish. It'll have hashkacha and it'll say fish on it because in fact it has a lot of fish into it. Okay, but most people, most companies don't have the patience to make it the, the good old fashioned way. So they, they put in a flavor that makes it taste like what it's supposed to taste like. And they pour in a, you know, a, a spoonful of, of anchovies just so the label says anchovies on it so it looks authentic. Okay, So those, assuming that it's bottle, <coughs> when, when they do it that way, it's invariably it's going to be bottle. And therefore, um, those could be uh, labeled as parav. That all make the assumption that we don't consider it a problem with to put in something that we know is going to be used with meat. Okay? And the people who do it like that, other hashkachas don't. Other hashkachas say, no, if it even has the tiniest amount of fish, we have to label it fish. Um, but other, the other hashkachas, like us, would label it parav because uh, we don't consider it a problem of bitul for that. Okay. Another thing is that for basa b'cholov, milk and meat, we have to worry about bleas. Okay, we don't worry about bleas for we don't worry about bleas for meat and fish, um, but that's only for bleas. So if I have a pot that I cooked in meat into it and it's clean, I can cook fish into it right afterwards. Okay, but um, so I use my oven. Let's say I make a piece of chicken in my oven now. I can take it out and then cook a piece of fish afterwards. Um, but it's only true for tam, not true for ben. Uh, and therefore, th- this comes up for barbecues. You know, people put on a barbecue, their barbecues in, in, in the pot are clean. When I finish using pot for one thing, I clean it before I use the next one. <coughs> barbecues, lopped off could get clean, or, or a grill board, they call them. There's something you put on your barbecue. Um, so you have to make sure it's clean. You could use the same grill for m- meat and fish, assuming it's clean, okay? Um, which is not such a simple thing to do. So, so I did once, I uh, like raised up the fish. <coughs> raised it up, I put... Uh... Something on the grill, but something underneath, metal rods. Okay, so you could do that, or there's something called a grill board. There's literally there's a, things that are meant to go on a, on a barbecue. 
for putting food onto it. That has its own purpose while they do it, but you can do the same thing for yourself. Just as it's a separation. That's your point. You made a separation. Yeah. Okay. And because of this thing of not eating, not having residue, that's why people have separate fish forks. Okay. It's not because because of the bleas in the fish, Caleb. There's no problem with bleas of flesh eggs or fish. The problem is you think there's going to be residue. If I ate a piece of fish with it, maybe there's going to be some fish left literally onto the fork. That's why you give a person a new fish fork.